he decided instead of carrying a problem around in his pocket, he would carry the solution. He began to keep this. So rather than reaching for a camel, he was reaching for the cross. He was reaching for a reminder. Thank you so much for joining us for this particular session of New Life Telecast. I am Terry Knight, the pastor of New Life Community Church, and I trust the Lord is going to bless you in a very real and meaningful way as we look into the Word of God together and share this teaching with you that centers around the subject of fathers. We delivered this message on Father's Day. It is a message that is near and dear to my heart for a lot of different reasons. And uh, let me just kind of jump right on into things uh, this evening by reading for you a quote. And you'll hear this again in the message, but it says this, and this comes from the Barna Research Group, pretty well known for their research and statistics. And he says, only 6%, 6% of adult Christians made their decision to follow God over the age of 18. Understand what he's saying. That means that 94% made decisions as children that follow with them throughout their life. This particular uh, article is titled, The Importance of the 94%. Dads, it's so important that we instill these Christian principles and virtues into the hearts and minds and the spirits of our little children. So I'm throwing this out to you. Now listen, this is coming from a veteran. Uh, a lot of you that know me know that I have three children. They're all grown now with uh, wonderful spouses. I have uh, one really great son-in-law and two great daughter-in-laws, and I thank the Lord for them. I could not have handpicked any better. And as a result of that, I ended up with nine little grandbabies, nine of them, count them. It, it's a lot. Now, trust me when I tell you my Christmas bill did not go down over the last few years. But I told you that to tell you this. Beloved, I know a little bit about what I'm talking about. And the Word of God knows a whole lot about what I'm talking about. This is so very important, dads, that you get a hold of this teaching. Now, in particular, and we uh, tried to emphasize this to you during part one, some of you did not grow up in a Christian home, a home where your dad was a believer a real genuine follower of Jesus Christ. And you don't know what that looks like. Some of you didn't grow up in a home with a dad, period. So you don't know what that looks like. But the Bible can help us, will help us, is the ultimate help with regards to how to be a godly dad. That's the challenge. I want to read one verse in your hearing and hear me out on this. It's found in Joshua, or Jeremiah, I'm sorry, Jeremiah chapter 24 and verse number 15. And the latter part of the verse in the New Living Translation, it puts it just like this. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Now, Pastor Terry, how can anyone make such a bold statement? We're going to look into that. 
And again, the central theme of all this comes back to the dad, which is so vitally important. Let me pray for you. We're going to jump right on into this. Father, I thank you for each one listening in right now. And I pray specifically for that dad or granddad that's listening or some young man that is about to, uh, to enter the world of being a dad and they're scared to death. But I pray that by your word, you would help them and bring to them a confidence to know that they can do this thing and do it right. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, let me encourage you to stick around to the end of the message because you're going to see a beautiful scene as all of the men that were men that were in attendance of our worship celebration on Father's Day. They responded, they come forth, and we were able to pray over them. And I want you to see those men. Now, not necessarily just the faces and trying to figure out who that is, but just to see that large, relatively large gathering of men that come forth for prayer and a prayer of encouragement in terms or in the whole realm of being a dad. God bless you. Hang on. I'll be back here in just a moment. Now, I know what I found out a while ago. I know what the process is on all this. Lord, what have I got to engage to stand up? <laughs> I get that. Now, all of you males that are standing in here with me right now, do not stand any longer. You understand do and don't, don't you? Just what is it that we are supposed to observe? What is it that we are supposed to do? It's a clear reference back to the commands, the decrees, the laws of the Lord. Go on down verse 6 of Deuteronomy chapter 6. These commandments that I give you today, he says, are to be upon your hearts. Listen to me, daddies. How are you doing with that? Are these things upon your heart? I love the way the paraphrase, the message puts it. Get them inside of you. You can use your eyes. You can use your ears. Many of you are using both right now to get the Word of God into your spirit. Can I encourage you dads to be encouraged to develop the, the discipline of allowing your eyes to fall upon the Word of God, your ears to be in the presence of the Word of God in order that your spirit might come alive to the things of God. He continues on in verse 7 of Deuteronomy 6. Impress them on your children. Get them inside of you Impress them on your children. Boy, if there was ever a daddy verse, here it is. Amen? Get them inside your children. I always come away from these verses asking myself, Seth, how do you do that? How do we get that word inside our children? And I just thought about that some this week. And I said, Lord, do we do that with a soccer ball? Lord, how do we get that word in there, them youngins? By taking them to dance class? How do we get the word in them youngins? By giving them all the things we never had? How do we get that word into them youngins? Frequent trips to the exciting venues of entertainment to titillate their little raging flesh? 
I digress. Maybe. He tells us how. Listen to the message once again. Get them inside your children. How? Talk about them. Talk about them wherever you go. Sitting at home, walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. How many of you know that's all the time? Dads, listen. We talked about this in our prayer time this morning. Daddies today, it's, it's tough being a daddy nowadays. I'm telling you, it is. The world hates men and, and the world hates dad. It's tough being a daddy. I totally get that. But that's what we're called to be and purposed to be. And we're purposed to talk about these things. Not just think about them, but to talk about them all the time. Daddies, I want to encourage you to develop a prayer life. And as part of that prayer, I want to encourage you to pray something like this. Lord Jesus, help me today as a daddy. Help me today to look for opportunities to talk to. And Lord Jesus, give me the courage today to actually speak up to my children. Lord, strengthen me to follow through with that and help me to talk about the kingdom things, Bible things, church things around my children. I had a situation happen. I was not going to tell this, and it just keeps haunting my spirit this morning. A week or two ago, I, uh, I don't get to hang out with my oldest son and his family very much, and it's a real treat when we do. And my little grandson, Jack, it puts me in mind of his grandpa quite a bit. So that, that young has got a rough life ahead of him. Say amen right there. <laughs> he wanted to throw the baseball. I love throwing baseballs. So we're throwing the baseball up on a mountaintop in Harrisonburg, Virginia. My son's mowing. Uh, Jack and I are throwing a baseball outside a little mountain cemetery. It's beautiful. Well, Jack missed the ball, and it went into some high weeds. So we went over to look for it, and we looked, and we looked, and we looked. How in the world a ball can get that lost, I don't know. At some point in time, he said, Pops! You think God just didn't want us to find that ball? I'm like, Jack said that. Jack said that. So in a few moments, I just began to pray. I missed an opportunity, by the way, because I didn't pray with him. I, oh, I wish I had. I said, Lord, help us find that youngin's ball. You know, he was already accusing Paul or Pops of losing his ball. Lord help. So we finally did, and I took advantage of that opportunity to let him know that I had prayed and that the Lord helped us find that ball. Even at the, how old is he? It's amazing some of the questions that comes forth from that child. It's just I'm trying to emphasize to you, pray for those opportunities and take advantage of those opportunities. Let me move on. We need to close. Verse 8 of Deuteronomy 6 
Tie them as symbols. What? Commands, the decrees, the laws. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. I've got a picture this morning. If you can see the monitor, uh, the, the Hebrew people, literally, they take that for, uh, I take it very literally. You see the phylactery on this guy's head and the uh, thing tied around his arm. And now, listen, I want to leave you with number six on your study notes, or the last note, I should say. The realistic American version of symbols that's mentioned here in Deuteronomy 6 is just simply reminders, reminders. Tie them as reminders on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Let me tell you a story, true story. I grew up in the Satsapahal Evangelical Friends Church on the outskirts of Satsapahal, North Carolina. We always had a happening youth group because our pastor believed in youth. There may not be but six or eight of us, but it was happening. Our youth leader at the time was Perry Reeves. Perry was an older gentleman, had gray hair. Some of you may have met him at camp 100 years ago. Perry had a nicotine habit. And let me tell you, I'm not here to beat up smokers. I'm just telling the story. Listen, and, and, but if the shoe fits, wear it. He had a nicotine habit. The Lord saved him, and the Lord began to convict him of puffing on them old cigarettes. Who convicted him? Wasn't me. The Lord. Here's Perry's story. He kept a pack of cigarettes in his shirt pocket all the time. Some of you have been there done that. He said it was just habit. So a couple times a day, just went for one, fired it up, so didn't even think about it. But the Lord convicted him of this. So the first thing he did is he got rid of them cigarettes out of his pocket. I'm tough. I'll just leave them in there and show people how tough I am. <laughs> Stupid. Listen. Here's the ingenious thing the Lord laid on his heart. He decided to replace those camels with the cross. You with me? He decided instead of carrying a problem around in his pocket, he would carry the solution around in his pocket. If you can't see this from where you are, it's a Gideon New Testament, and thanks to our local Gideon for providing me with this. By the way, I found mine after you left yesterday. He began to keep this. So rather than reaching for a camel, he was reaching for the cross. He was reaching for a reminder. Are you with me? You could fill in the blanks right there, beloved. Literally, the Holy Spirit goes on through Moses to help us apply this even to our homes. Look at verse 9. Write them on the door frames of your house. What? These reminders, the Word of God. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Dads, can you be encouraged to do an assessment of your home? I'm dead serious. Are there reminders in your home? Say yes. One way or the other. Either reminders about the cross or reminders about other things. Can I encourage you to unabashedly adopt and adhere to this standard? Not as some kind of ogre, but rather as one that is righteously tenacious about the things of God. Listen to Jeremiah chapter 24. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. The contemporary English version puts it this way. My family and I are going to worship and obey the Lord. Listen, Dad, sometimes that comes out looking like this. Family, 
you guys want to go that way, but as for me and my household, we're going to serve the Lord, and I'm going to set the pace by leading the way. I'm going to get that word in me, and I'm going to show you how it's done. Not demanding. I'm going to show you how it's done. Can I encourage you daddies? Please do not be that fool, hardy guardian that buys into the grandest deceit ever to come out of hell. And it is this. I am not going to force, force or foist the word of God on my children. I'm going to let them, going to wait and let them grow up and choose for themselves. Watch. No matter what you do, they will get to at some point in time they will have to, at some point in time, choose. But dads, I would be amiss if I did not tell you this morning to refuse to engage uh, Deuteronomy 6 and Ephesians chapter 6 as a direct violation of a specific man uh, command from the Scriptures. You heard some of this during Youth Awakening. I'm going to read two quotes very quickly for you. And uh, dad, you get ready, you can put your shoes on because I'm going to ask you to come up here and we're going to pray for you here very shortly. According to the Barna Research Group, they are tops as far as research. Only 6% of adult Christians made their decision to follow God over the age of 18. What that means is 94% made decisions as children that follow with them throughout their life. This article's titled, The Importance of the 94%. Another online organization, actually CBN, has something very similar. It says, a new survey reveals a shocking statistic about young Christians. More than 60%, 6 out of 10, born-again Christians between the ages of 18 and 39 believe that Jesus, Buddha, and Muhammad are all equal in regards to a path to salvation. Listen to me, young people. Jesus Christ is alive and well. Buddha is dead in a doornail, and so is Muhammad. They are not even close to equal. And anybody that tells you that is telling you a lie. He, the Article goes on to say the survey shows a majority of born-again Christians are ignorant about the basic teachings of their faith. Boy, I'm finding that to be true as I go around our community with my two ears and my one mouth listening to what people say these days. Listen, I shared that with you to say this. Dads, if you're a dad here this morning, wave at me. Come on, get them up there. You don't get to publicly testify about this all that much. Dads, our youngins do not have to be one of these statistics. Not my youngins, not your youngins. They don't have to be one of these statistics. It's up to you. Here's the portion of the program where you dads get to stretch your legs. I'm going to ask you right now, if you're a daddy, stepdad, whatever the case might be, if you're responsible in that regard for some youngins as a parent, grandparent, great-grandparent, grandfather as the case might be. I'm going to ask you to come up front with me right now. 
What's he going to do? Is this when they get the snakes out? No. (laughs) Well, maybe. I'm going to pray for you. That's what we're going to do. Hey, here's some good news. You know, we asked the moms to hold hands. I'm not going to do that to y'all. Can I get an amen right here? But with the football team, we touch up. These are tough guys. They're not sissies. And here you get, to, you get your courage up because I'm going to ask you to touch up here in just a sec. Dads, let me say this to you. Some of the heroes of the faith, some of the giants of the faith can end up with children that are atheists. It happens. And oddly enough, some atheists raise their children that way, and those children end up being Christian. There are exceptions. But one writer has said it this way, raising our children in the way of the Lord is all we can do. That's all we can do. But at the very least, we will position our children well. In other words, the right condition for learning. Most of you, I know you, know you fairly well. And I would say that you have been doing this, and I want to be an encouragement to you to continue to do this. Uh, Nobody in their right mind would think that any of us are perfect. Amen? We're not talking about perfection, and certainly not talking about pretending to be perfect. Some people like to do it that way. But what we are talking about is having a heart for God, a heart for God, and a heart for those that God has, in, has entrusted to us, our children, those that will come after us. Dads, I'm not here to beat you up. Some of you guys work some long, difficult hours. It was a period in my ministry, and, and I put a stop to this a few years ago, where I was logging 70 hours a week ministry, 80 hours a week. 90 hours a week. That's ridiculous. I know what that's like. I know what it'll do to you. I see some of you going through some of the same things. And I want to encourage you to back away from that, to reassess what's going on. And perhaps some of you are thinking, Pastor, you know how busy I am, and now you want me to be a child psychologist on top of all of that? I normally don't quote mommies on Father's Day, but listen to this mommy. Her name's Rachel Norman. She says, at one point, I had five kids in five years, and I lived to tell the tale. She said, take courage with this, guys. You can create simple, sustainable family rhythms that help you enjoy your own life. takes discipline doesn't happen accidentally. Your boss is not going to tell you to do this. This is something that you have to figure out with you and and your little mumsy-wumsy on your knees before the Lord. Just be encouraged to do so. Dr. David Jeremiah said this. I'm going to read this. I'm going to pray for you. He says, I grew up with parents who centered our family's life around the Bible, the Word of God. I understood that the Bible was the key to a successful life. Today, God's Word is still a focused priority of my life. Aren't you glad? The Word is still teaching me about priorities and ministry, marriage and integrity, forgiveness and mercy, 
and the beauty of life with Christ. I resemble that remark. That's why I wanted to read it to you. I agree with him a thousand percent. Daddy brought me up that way. I attempted to bring my children up that way, and I trust that we all will continue to do so. Amen. Beloved, we're going to wrap it up right there. I'm telling you, I love this message, and I love this scene at the end of our Father's Day uh, worship celebration and our Mother's Day celebration is these moms and dads, in this particular case, the dads, the grandfathers, some great-grandfathers who come forward for a time just to embrace one another and say, hey, guys, we're in this thing together and to receive a prayer together and to pray together. I want to be an encouragement to those of you that are listening, regardless of where you are. Now listen, I'm not, some people think I'm joking when I say this. There are people all around the globe, all across the United States, that ultimately end up listening to this program. And a lot of them never have any encouragement in terms of uh, encouraging or being encouraged in this thing that we know as fatherhood. I pray that God would bless and encourage, would put courage in you for the task. It's a tough deal. Uh, moms have a tough job. Indeed, they do, but so do dads. In particular, in the world or this world in which we live today where manhood isn't looked upon too fondly. Men are put down, put down, put down. Well, you're not going to get that here. I'm not misogynistic in any respect, but listen, beloved. The man, the father, the dad, the husband is given authority in the home to be the spiritual leader. Well, what does that mean? It means that he is the spiritual leader, that he does this. Hey, guys, watch me. I am going to know and understand the Bible, the Word of God. I'm going to apply it to my life. I'm going to live it out as an example for you. Dads, can you be encouraged to do that? Now listen, you don't have to be perfect. We're not perfect. I certainly am not. When I took the perfect test, I think I made a C- minus on it. Uh, I'm not perfect. It isn't about being perfect. It's about living in obedience to the Word of God as much as we possibly can in the power of the Spirit. So very important that you catch all of that. That's what I'm here for. That's what New Life Telecast is all about, or our podcast, ever how you might be listening. I trust that God would encourage you along these lines. Let me pray for you again. Father, I thank you so much for every dad that's listening in, or grandfather, great-grandfather. I pray in the name of Jesus that you would put courage into their heart, their heart of hearts, to know and understand your word, to put it into practice as they understand it, to live it out faithfully as much as is in them in the power of the Spirit from day to day, moment by moment, sometimes second by second. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, listen, dads, grandpas, and great-grandpas, if you are not involved in a local church, I want to encourage you to be. Get involved in a local church. New Life has a Sunday worship celebration at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning. Something for just about each and every member of the family goes on here, and I'm sure that would include you. We also have Family Ministries Night Wednesday, uh, such an important time today as people have something going on eight days a week. It's really important to take that pause in the middle of the week and come together with God's people. That begins at 7 for us on Wednesday night. 
I have to get out of here. Do be encouraged to take a look at our website. There's some helpful information there. All of these teachings are fully edited form or there uh, by either video or audio, the pod- podcast. We would encourage you to take a look at that. God bless you. Have a great week. What's left of it? I am Terry Knight and reminding you, my friends, that Jesus is coming back. Is he coming back for you? Mm-hmm.